a town hall. Hey folks, welcome to the Brave New World of Unsung Podcast. <laughs> bold New yeah, World. Bold New World. Um, before we explain what's happening, uh, something I just realised that I've actually seen you more outside the podcast recently than I have actually doing the podcast. It's almost like we're friends. It's almost like we're friends. <laughs> right, we need to dial that back. Need dial that right back. Like, let's professionalise this relationship again. Um, but this is our sort of reheated Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's reheated Christmas dinner. This is the unsung Christmas leftovers. Town Hall. Town hall because we need to call it a town hall because we need, we need to have a format. Here. A format, yeah, <laughs> one of, one of the boxes. Yeah. Um, so, as you probably know, if you're a regular listener, and as you probably don't know, if you're new to this, every Christmas we gather in the questions, mischievous and otherwise, uh, of our listeners, and uh, we basically take a run at them with booze. <laughs> over the course of three, sometimes four, mammoth episodes mm. that get increasingly uh, scattered and drunken. And sometimes we don't get round to all of those questions. Yeah, Let's sometimes. be honest. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's a little bit left in the plate because we're looking at it going, guys, uh, if we do that, I'm going to vomit up my stomach. And that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, sometimes it does happen. But um, this year, I think we had what, f- six or seven good yeah. questions left over. And so we thought we'd set them to one side and take a run at them for this special episode. And actually, as a result of recent developments, a couple of them are particularly useful because mm-hmm. they allow us to elaborate a little bit on some of the changes that mm-hmm. have been going on at the podcast. But yeah. uh, Mark, any other thoughts for the listeners in the meantime? Um, so this is our first ever midweek episode, right? Which is interesting. That's cool. That's fun. That's yeah. dynamic. So um, that's cool, uh, and we're not going to we're not saying that the town hall format is going to be the thing we drop every week, but it will be one of the things we pepper in. That's yeah. very mysterious. We've isn't got it? loads of yeah, we've got loads of interesting like yeah. genres. We've got intros where we ask people what were the first things, regardless of how cool they were, that got you into things. We've got unsung where we hone in on a particular track. We have the town halls. We have the split seven inches, which are basically just a fucking excuse to talk shite. Mm. Most, Most of this, to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> Most of this yeah. is definitely that. We have the odd interview mm. in session. Those are proper. Yeah, those are proper. <laughs> and then there'll be some new things that maybe happen as well I've got a couple of ideas I think you've got a couple of ideas as well <laughs> all my ideas yeah. are bad mate so um, I've got I've got one really good one which I think you'll like <laughs> right, okay. um, we'll talk about that later um, uh, well what we will do is we'll do this episode yeah. and the great thing about this episode uh, is that I don't have to do any fucking notes yeah, it's a discursive this episode it's, it's right? just like mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah it's like we're interviewing each other mm. and I'm quite into that because the note taking on this show is out of control yeah <laughs> I was just thinking actually you know this is actually going to be dropping close to Valentine's Day and we're doing something for the fans so that's, that's kind of synergy there right <laughs> oh my god that's fucking reaching by the way if yeah. somebody's listening to this on Valentine's Day then your life is truly as it shit may, as mine it may be reaching but we're still fucking talking about Christmas in February mate so like <laughs> it's, it's not that long till the decorations go back up right um, okay let's right. go uh, who do we have Jason Jason oh Jason always asks proper questions he does um, Jason Costello Simplacos Simplacos yes the good, man whose name I always murder yeah oh, Jason always asks he, he asks proper questions yeah, well. does, not huh? quite as proper as the other Jason though yeah this is a, this is a proper question though, so get ready oh, for it um, okay. okay so we're approaching 300 mainline episodes um, what are your reflections on the podcast so far and can you pick a couple of personal highlights will I go first yeah uh, it is interesting 
that the podcast expanded in scope. We started it uh, as these bite-sized musings on the records that we liked in those early episodes are very short. Four episodes in one night. <laughs> Four episodes in a night at Lewis's uh, studio next to the... R.I.P. Glassworks. Yeah, R.I.P. Glassworks next to that big... Um, what do you call it? Cash and carry. Cash and carry. Mm. Smell delicious. Mm. The sound of rattling trolleys in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just Doug's and Ned's. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that the episodes went from being like 21 minutes to being like two hours and 21 minutes, that's pretty interesting. It was interesting to see that the subject matter just kind of took us that way. I know we tried to fight it for a long time and then we did a survey of the audience after a few years and the audience were like, no, we want more. Like, And that seemed totally counterintuitive. <laughs> that really caught me off guard. I was like, wow, people will be mad at us for going over like 45 minutes. And people were like, no, long form is what we want. We don't want short form. And so then it kind of freed us up because then we could do these kind of deep dives and we, we spoke about it a lot. Like The episodes sometimes had a kernel of like a theme so, uh, I don't know, we did some stuff with Danny Brown mm-hmm. about, about race. Writing letters, I miss you. Tell me what I don't know. Look, Ray can't do kicking down the front door. Not a crazy judge, got to sitting up the court. Gave us all probation. I'm smoking new boards. Tell me what I don't know. Look, Ray can't do kicking down the front door. Not a We've done LGBT themes, we've done, we did the communist episode, we did the stuff on Short Paris, we were really, I, I loved that one because I got to go really into the the topic of Russia and propaganda and, you know, the, the invasion of Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. Scottish history with big, big country which is something that I don't think a lot of people thought that I knew a lot about but apparently I do What is that <laughs> fucking word again? Uh, the, the Caledonian anti-scissorgy the, the uh, anti-scissorgy? Yeah <laughs> I was talking about it earlier on today actually that's kind of weird that it came up but, Small country yeah. Um, And yeah so there's there's the ability to really dive into political and social topics and I guess that allows you to put a bit more of your own personality, so it was quite freeing in that. So that that part of it I didn't expect. I thought we were going to be doing snippet episodes Mm. as long as we did it, and it's really bloomed. I will say that has led to a lot more work, because editing a 21-minute episode versus editing a two-hour episode is mental. Yeah, I mean, for every every 20 minutes you're looking about an hour, an hour, an hour of an edit. Uh, at least. And, and then that's when, before you put in the actual clips of the music. Well, this is the you, thing, you know because I mean? we decided so, early on... I mean, I've I've watched and enjoyed podcasts and shows where they don't let you hear the music they're talking about, but I find it a wee bit limiting. And also, I like being able to pinpoint certain moments. So see if you make reference to X sounds like Y, see being able to put that in. That's really good. Like, mm. I, I really like being able to draw people into the conversation that way. So, But it's very laborious. Yeah. I mean, there's a fair chance that that may have to stop happening, depending on how big this podcast gets. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know the I mean? format's really restricted. I mean, we had a problem with, what was her name? Ma- Ma- Maria Takuchi. Yeah. 
that's the one and that show just got completely disappeared by Spotify just Spot- took it right off Spotify yeah, right absolutely off the YouTube as well mm-hmm. right yeah. and it was like- YouTube very regularly because of the clips like yeah. I think there's at least a third of our episodes are not on YouTube because there's a Beatles song in it and it means you're just binned yeah you know it's funny actually sometimes the ones that get them binned mm-hmm. as well you get you get notified and you're like what mm-hmm. they've got some music police chasing their stuff down but yeah like that's that's unfortunate because I think the, the samples I mean you're kind of advertising it but musings on the podcast the podcast basically took on a life of its own we thought we were going to be doing a 20 to 25 minute podcast thing that just wasn't having it and it just demanded more of our time and our efforts and that's actually been really really interesting we've ended up with loads of basically journalism Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to answer the second part of that question the highlights for me would be the episodes that have veered closest to journalism so Slave to the Algorithm was good I think this, the one I mean Black Metal episode was great um, I think the the short Paris episode that I mentioned was personally really satisfying so I'm really enthused about that topic and I think it needs to be talked about more and yeah anytime we've gotten into the nitty gritty of a subject and we've been able to really Educate ourselves in the process as well as listen to some tunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my reflections. Uh, I'm surprised it's still going. I'm surprised people give us money for it. I'm surprised more people don't give us money yeah. for it. Well, I think it's there's no secret that we've not really been the best at, at keeping up with the, the Patreon because the task of actually doing an episode can, as you've just demonstrated, can sometimes be quite laborious. Um, there's definitely more that we could do for sure and um, hopefully we've got an opportunity to do that now but the fact that we still decide the fact that we still kind of want to keep doing it is well yeah only you and I still want to keep doing it it's <laughs> probably a sign of I mean I think what's nice is that yeah I mean obviously Dave started it with his full time and has sort of had to roll that way way back I'd, it is nice though that there's a you can tell that there's a compulsion on the parts of some of the other hosts Vicky, Ferro, Craig, Dave, uh, Marissa, like they, they get in touch with ideas and it's like they have stuff they want to say. They just don't have that same, like, this is our thing. Like, mm-hmm. this is our baby and it, it feels unfinished. And I guess maybe one day it'll feel finished. Um, I keep telling myself that when we do a Jesus Lizard episode, it'll be finished. So we have to not do that if you don't want to finish it. It will never be done. (laughs) You know, there's always something out there. And I guess a couple of personal highlights. Uh, I gave the journalistic stuff. The Spotify one opened up a whole interest of mine, which I never really had. Yeah, I mean, you're literally thinking about attempting a book at some point. Yeah, um, once I finish the one I'm fucking working on. (laughs) Um, Never going to happen. Yeah, let's hope it does. Um, Yeah, I like that aspect of it. Even, even, Even when it's bands I don't like, I think it's even... Doing them sometimes is good. Uh, getting into bands like Susie and the Banshees and all that, like mm-hmm. stuff at like Big Country, stuff that I would never have touched before. Aye. You know, those have been personal highlights for me. Been able to bring hip hop onto the podcast and talk mm-hmm. about it, and hopefully not make an ass of ourselves. Two of my favourite episodes are still Jay Dilla and Mad Villain. Yeah. Johnny. Johnny. 
JDL one just felt, even though we did it remotely in lockdown, it just made me appreciate him so much more. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, and the tragedy of it. And Mad Villain, it was just brilliant because... I love talking about hip hop. I don't get to do it very often, and I like talking about hip hop with you because you don't quite get it. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm like a dog watching a car trick, and it's it's not just it's not just because it's like you don't really get the music. It's also like the way that the music functions is not something that you really understand. Yeah. You know, there's humour in it, and there has to be necessarily because it's like it's like a trope of the of the genre. You know, I enjoy having those conversations. Mm. You know, that makes it fun for me. So I know this isn't part of the question, but I would say. Uh, what are my reflections on the podcast it's frustrating as two white cis males I, I think we're very open minded guys but you can only be so open minded and there there are going to be subjects that you can only speak on with the thinnest of authority I agree, I agree. Right? Mm. and I wish we lived in a place where we could easily access other hosts to come on here believe us it's not for lack of trying mm-hmm. we really try to get a a variety of voices on here it's just a lot of work and it's very very hard to get people to give up their time and do hours and hours of research and hours of recording for no compensation really because we we don't make enough to pay people you know like like, we don't get paid so Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it'd be very very hard to justify that and it's I wish we could have more of a plurality of voices we've tried it we've tried to ensure we get female voices certainly um, we should have more non-binary voices ideally but it's just really fucking difficult mm-hmm. to do that and that that would be my regret is that I, I don't know I guess in my mind I wish we lived in fucking Toronto or, or or New York or something where I feel like we'd be surrounded by a much bigger variety of people that we could just be like hey do you want to come in do you want to come in this is fucking Glasgow and Glasgow is multicultural and diverse but it's incredibly difficult mm-hmm. to bring in other voices and I feel that sometimes limits us a bit because we do get very slightly stuck in certain genres that we feel comfortable talking about so it would be nice if we could have ever had one ambition it would be to maybe broaden our pool of co-hosts for example so that we could feel comfortable talking about other stuff with somebody who had a real inside knowledge of something. Mm-hmm. That would be it. Yeah. yeah if, you've, if anybody has any thoughts or tips on that, that'd be, we'd be really, we'd really like to hear it because yeah, there's, there's genres that we would really like to tackle, which we just don't feel as over up to tackle. And hip hop is one which I enjoy, but there's only certain artists and there's uh, much more that we can do there. As know? we mentioned on the Christmas episode, we, we touched on just the ability, abundance of amazing music that comes from Africa yeah. mm-hmm. and just how underqualified we feel to do it justice I mean what's worse like not covering it or covering it in a way that's really superficial and patronising and that's the that's the that's the struggle we've always had I think when with, with between us like amongst us all of us um, it's it's difficult you don't really know what to do there is it inappropriate to try and do something like Ethiopic You know, the jazz movement in Ethiopia Or should we just wait until we can get somebody that can help us Mm -hmm. do that justice? I don't know Alright, that's cool Um, So the next question is um, How do you do this much work on music and not get tired of music? Um, Thank you, Rosie, for that question Thanks, Rosie Um... I am very tired of music. <laughs> uh, I I go through. I don't know about you. Like I go through phases. Like I I have periods where I'm like 
pure burnt out music. So when you have an episode that is particularly heavy in terms of back catalogue, I would say like the Sonic Youth episode I found really fatiguing. Um, R.E.M. for me. R.E.M., yeah. Um, I think, to be fair, a couple of the hip-hop episodes, I found the Mad Villain stuff. There's a lot of stuff around it. There's a it, lot. Mm-hmm. And it's new as well to me, and I'm like, oh, God. And it's not that I didn't appreciate it, it's that I really had a lot to reckon with. And see, after those kind of episodes, you're just a bit burnt out, mm-hmm. and I think you need a little bit of time away. And it, you do get to a point where maybe you're not enjoying listening to music it's a little bit of a job that week Mm -hmm. and so you need that little bit of rest on the flip of that though i would say that for example this week i've been absolutely gunning a playlist that i put together purely of shit that i found on this show like like stuff that we spoke about individual tracks by bands that i never thought i would like and that's amazing there's mm-hmm. all that stuff there that i just wasn't going to know about mm-hmm. unless we'd done it so you get sick of music but at the same time it opens up all these other doors that you're like fuck that's brilliant and i guess that's the trade right yeah, yeah i don't find myself getting sick of music i do find myself getting burnt out when i listen to certain artists but i think a way of putting this so one of the youtube channels that i watch quite a lot is what culture wrestling mm-hmm uh, and Andy, Andy Murray, he's the the guy that does the news quite often. He's the channel manager for them as well. And he, they often get asked us questions like, "Well, you do rest, you you guys love wrestling, but you also have to write about it and report on it. How do you not get burnt out?" And Andy's like, "Well, I just go back to them. I just go back to the, my, my favourites. You know, if I'm feeling burnt out in wrestling, I'll go back and watch that match that I know of, that I know I love from the nineties or mm. this Japanese match or whatever. So it's like me listening to Kiss. Yeah, it's like I just go back and listen to the thing if I feel as though I'm getting burnt out. I just go back and listen to the things that made me want to listen to music in the first place. Yeah, you know what I mean, or make or like keep me engaged after all this time. I find myself doing that. On the flip side of that, though, there have been some artists we've done this podcast which I've struggled to listen to since artists that I've liked, not yeah. because of what other people thought of them, but because get you have to put your attention so intently on them that mm. you kind of feel as though you've just wrung everything out that yeah. you can from yeah. it. You know, Weezer's a really great example for me. I went in that episode with a bag of enthusiasm. I'm ride or die for Weezer. I like, I will listen to any Weezer. I, I, I think every era's got good stuff. I couldn't tell you the last time I listened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, maybe the odd song here and there, but never a whole album. Um, and that's as a, as a result of that. And it's part of the reason why there's some bands I haven't brought on that I really like, because I don't want to do that. The <laughs> Gaslight Anthem's another one as yeah, well, yeah, actually. Yeah. And they've just released a new album last year, which is which wasn't brilliant. But yeah, I, I know I had a lot of enthusiasm back in the day for wanting to do Prince, but I really don't want to do Prince, <laughs> you know, because it'll be, it'll be horrible. It um, will be. For you, probably more than me. Yeah, it'll be punishing. Because it's like 30-odd albums, you know? Fuck me, that's, that's honestly, that's six months off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I will say I work in music, and that has put me off music far more than <laughs> the podcast. Like, honestly, like, seeing music and... 
uh, in a nutshell, the complete lack of a meritocracy in music. Nothing puts you off music more than the lack of the meritocracy in music. Mm-hmm. The fact that the best stuff does not succeed. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in the Spotify episode. Mm-hmm. We get told it's a meritocracy, but the cream never rises to the top. The money rises to the top. Of yeah. course it does. Okay, so Grant, good friend Grant. Grant. Hi, Grant. Hi, my name is Grant. <laughs> that Grant. That Grant, yeah. Oh my God, yes. Um, <laughs> this question is one that he asked about, what other sort of podcast would you like to have a go at? What other sort of podcasts? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to take this one first? Yeah, um, a TV podcast. TV? Yeah. But like TV shows? Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I think I watch more TV. Because I was going to say, a TV podcast is a, just a TV show. Just a TV show, yeah. <laughs> um, I just like, I, I, really, I really, I watch a lot of TV. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That's one of the things I do Unwind. Um, and do you mean like just like channel surfing, or do you actually watch series? I go out and find series, right. new series. Um, I like to keep, I like to keep abreast. Of, when was the last time you just did channel surfing? I don't have an aerial on my TV, mate. <laughs> it's so. Fucking hellish, man! <laughs> it's honestly hellish. Nah. Like the more channels they got, the more fucking excruciating channel surfing got. Yeah. So you're going to do a goggle box? Just mark. Yeah, well, I was going to say I'd like to do that, but there's so many podcasts out there for TV. I don't want to add to that pile. I've already added to the music pile. I don't want to add to another one. Same with wrestling as well. Bloody like, hell, she's going to kiss him. Yeah. Just bloody kiss him. Get out of and down with. <laughs> I'd like to do a wrestling one as well, but there's just... A wrestling one be good. Yeah, you'd, be good, you'd, you'd be really good at a wrestling one. I mean, the TV one's interesting. You know what? I, I think if I was going to do a TV one, I could be persuaded to do one. If the if the podcast was based around the channels beyond seven hundred on Sky, <laughs> where you get into like all the religious channels and the really fucking weird North Asian movie channels, mm-hmm. and like I mean, it's some pretty bizarre stuff up there. And that I mean, here's you know more than you need to know about me. But I stopped smoking weed a while ago, right? But back in the day, seven hundred onwards. With a good joint. That was a good joint. Was unbelievable, <laughs> right? Now it's just very, very fucking disturbing and weird. Yeah. What about you then? Um, what would I like to do? I, th- I mean, it's probably no surprise. I would like to do a kind of political thing. Mm. I would like to do something. I-, I think you may have noticed I am very fascinated by extreme politics on the right primarily, but also on the left. I think I would like to do something on radicalism de-radicalizing propaganda and certainly like uh, sort of in information and technology sphere and how it's how it's contributed to the radicalization of people i think something along those lines would be really maybe like a limited series thing mm-hmm. that I, I think I'd, I'd feel really motivated to do that but there's so many good ones already out there that I would have to have something new to say yeah. about it, I think I would also have to do that thing. I think where you actually go and speak to them, and fuck that for a job. Honestly, <laughs> like trying to like keep the bile down when you're talking to some of these people. But the subject itself, I feel very passionate about it. I feel it needs light shone in it. Mm-hmm. So I'm quite happy amplifying it through here to an audience, an unsuspecting audience, mm-hmm. and people that are like, I don't need to hear REM connected to Nazis. <laughs> but it's like too fucking bad. You're going to get it because they're everywhere. R.E.M. and Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the next question is at Yara. 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 Yara is asking, it's a simple question, but I don't think I've heard anyone ask it before. Who are your musical or otherwise role models? Uh, will I take this? Yes. That is interesting. Uh, musically, was absolutely obsessed with Kurt Cobain. Obsessed with him. Since then, I mean, that kind of that ran its course, went through that kind of period of like... 
Fugazi, Ian McKay, sort of independent label type stuff. Did that for a bit. Mm -hmm. um, when I was young, I was really fixated on Bill Hicks. I mm. loved Bill Hicks. I don't think his stuff's aged very well. Mm. I think, I mean, I became really averse to conspiracy theory mindset and the way it kind of rots the brain. And actually, his conspiracy stuff, it seemed at the time like it was very enlightened and like squeegeeing open your third eye. And actually, in fact, you're like, no, nah, man, you're just losing any notion of like objective agreement on truth. And I think I've really grown out of that. Mm -hmm. Um so, I mean, I really like a lot of like authors and people like Hannah Arendt, the philosopher and the writer. She's an amazing person. Really, really interesting writer. Uh, you answer and let me have a think while you're answering. I don't really, I don't know if I have an answer to this question. I don't really think Who about it. Who were your musical influence, like your musical icons? Uh, growing up, Rise Against were a huge influence for me. I think probably still quite foundational with the way that I approach songwriting but my songwriting style definitely moved on um, I mean I, I do like Prince but I don't know if I call my role model you know I, I just I do have, I have admiration for someone with that much talent and that much drive to, to just create but it's not somebody I'd want to, want to model myself on do you know what I mean you would um, play basketball against them exactly that <laughs> cycling a bike around Manhattan um, around Minnesota Minneapolis sorry um yeah, I don't really think of the world in that way, I don't think. Because I, I struggled to answer. When we talked about this before, I had to start. I don't like placing people on pedestals. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. I think you're setting yourself up for a fall because so many of the people that are admirable in so many ways are also very unadmirable un in other ways. And if it's somebody that's famous, any of those, those very human foibles and fallibilities are amplified to the extreme. You know what? I'll, I'll give a more constructive answer because I don't want to meander too much. I think actually I still quite like Cobain, but I like Cobain in the sense that he was a fantastically talented person and a huge fucking boatload of contradictions as a human being. Obstinate, contrary, wanted to be famous, didn't want to be famous, desperately wanted to not be forgotten, all that shit. And actually, I find that very human. And so very human. Mm -hmm. he's not so much an an icon anymore in the sense that he's a perfect person he's inspirational because he achieved great things and was very obviously human and I think that's actually probably a healthier perspective on it that there's so many people that have achieved great things whilst also being incredibly flawed and that's probably ultimately healthier because then you don't compare yourself to these totally unrealistic fantasy figures mm-hmm Okay. Um, right, well before we go any further Will we take a little uh, ad break, Mark? Yes, let's take an ad break that is a Go thing. for some advertisements Can't wait Right, uh, who's next? Craig Brown Alright, okay um, Hi Craig Hi Craig, long time listener He's been in bands for a long time And so have we uh, We've mentioned that a few times uh -huh. <laughs> that's, that's been it's been generous. <laughs> what differences do you see in the life scene and have things got better, worse or weird? I think you're probably more clued up to answer the first half of that question. Fuck because, man, how long you got? <laughs> yeah. I deal with one specific, a couple of specific areas of the scene, whereas you see a, a much wider um, spread. So I, I book concerts, like run a music venue, and for many, many years have been touring, on a, like low level touring, not, not big touring. 
as well as doing this bullshit. So I'm like saturated with music <laughs> and things have changed a lot. There's basic stuff like Brexit changed the logistics of touring for bands both here looking to go elsewhere and bands from elsewhere looking to come here made it financially prohibitive in some ways but also just very uncertain and uncertainty in a musical sense is almost as bad as money just lost like I mean if you are going to France for two weeks and you've got time off work and a van and equipment and rehearsals that you've spent hundreds of pounds on all that shit then you don't know if you're going to be allowed over the border because you don't know what kind of mood the guard that you're going to get in your lane at the crossing woke up in mm. that is fucking ridiculous that is like a planet balanced on a dime sort of thing you know that is such a fine margin for so much preparation to come down to for me that's just unacceptable in terms of risk but that's where we are I mean you have bands going on tour that have one mistake in their paperwork and the guards barely look at their paperwork they're like on you go guys have a lovely time then you've got others that they go through it with a fine tooth comb and for example in our case we've got one guy in the band who looks maybe 50% like he could be from Turkey and so he gets pulled out of the van and humiliated by British border guards and then we get pulled to the side and then they go through it with like a forensic comb to see if everything's declared. Now our paperwork was tight, but I'm, I'm anal. So <laughs> that was why. But a lot of bands are not as fortunate. And, you know, I've heard of bands that are on tour together. One band gets waved through, no problem, don't even get checked. The other band is almost perfect, gets stopped, gets fined thousands of pounds, turned around, you're not coming in. And that's it. And it's not even just like, oh, that's 10 days of your tour gone, that's all thousands of pounds and all those preparations and all those costs. But it's also like you're connecting flights after that. I mean, it's so disruptive. And it's insane to me that we can be in a situation in the modern world where you can spend so much time and effort and energy practicing for something mm -hmm. and rehearsing and planning and have it be balanced and a, a razor's edge like that yeah. of what kind of mood to someone and I've I've gone political with this I've gone to MPs, MSPs I've spoken, I've done interviews I've written letters we've gone to the European Commission about it mm -hmm. it's not it, it's not really their fault, it's the British government's fault um, so that kind of thing has changed dramatically and that has just taken like a hatchet to the live scene or certain parts of the live scene because it's just so precarious that people are like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. um, another thing was obviously COVID. Loads of people retraining. Loads of people went from being aspiring musicians to just being like, I'm just going to be a teacher because then I can pay the bills. And that's absolutely fair enough. Mm -hmm. But that completely changed the live scene as well. So there's there's big events like that. I think on the, on the flip of that, there's stuff that we talk on the show. I talk about on the show all the time. Live shows are now the income, so there's been a stratification. Ticket prices, I mean, there's a Depeche Mode show going on in Glasgow tonight that I couldn't afford to go to, and I get paid all right, but I mm -hmm. couldn't afford to go to it. And that's just a fact of life. I couldn't afford to go and see Kiss. Every fucking cunt listening to this show knows how much I want to go and see Kiss. God knows they know how much I went to go and see Kiss. I couldn't afford to go and see Kiss. Yeah. And 
these bands, I mean, some of these bands have always charged an arm and a leg, but now it's just routine. Now you get local shows charging 13 and 14 pounds to go and see three local bands. And don't get me wrong, actually the economics of it makes total sense. Like, I get it, but it's just not practical. A tough sell, man. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. it means that you no longer have a working and lower class audience that are able to go to your shows. You end up with a situation where you have to have means to go and see a local concert. And we might not be feeling that right now, but we're going to be feeling it down the road because all those working class bands that changed their lives are slowly being eroded because they're not seeing bands that are making them want to pick up uh, an instrument. And when you're in music long enough, that's a very slow, that's like time lapse, but I'm seeing it now. And so there's a stratification and I feel quite alienated from it. I came from that kind of background. You know, I did, you know, you did as well. And I relate less and less to a lot of the stuff that's coming through as a result. I'm like, oh, they've never done it the hard way. They've never struggled really. It's not their fault. Good for them. They had parents that provided and stuff, but there's something beautiful about that and something beautiful about seeing a diversity of backgrounds. And yeah, I think, I think music is becoming a little bit of a pursuit based on prosperity and that's not going to be good mm. that's not going to be good when when the fruits of that are realised I don't think they're going to be good we've yeah. seen it for a long time now I mean we've spoken about this before that's been a slow erosion that's just been quickened by Brexit and Covid and all that you know what I mean we've spoken about it before and it's people that come from means have always had their hands in the the gears that can allow artists to bloom I mean I've, I, I just want to be fair I've said that about when I grew up, I had a couple of friends who were very good footballers, I played football when I was younger um, not very well, but some of the guys in that team were fantastic and they came from very impoverished backgrounds a couple of the others were very good and came from far better off backgrounds, or backgrounds where the family had a history in football and connections, and they're the ones that made it and they were not the best people in the team they were good, but they were not the best the best talents couldn't do it because they couldn't afford to go through that painful period of establishing themselves how do you pay the bills when you're 18 and you're playing for a b team or what it's a bit like being in a band how do you exactly if you're incredibly talented but maybe you've had a child at a young age or maybe you've your family don't keep well or maybe you just struggle to make money like how do you persevere long enough to get success not having that safety net is a big factor and so the people that can you know statistically the people that can press on are more likely to be people that have financial backing to get past those arduous early years and get established yeah i mean that's that's that is goes the same for across all of the arts you know like and the, the mechanisms that are in place that can maybe allow you to get some grant funding um are very much the Prohibitive. The labyrinthine way of yeah. having to get your hands on that funding is geared more towards people from an academic background. Have you have you, you attempted know. those forums, for example? I've seen. I've I've looked at them so many times. They're fucking terrifying. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've I've done at this point probably about two dozen of them, mm. and many of which, the majority of which, actually were probably for other people, mm. because I just so happen to have an aptitude for that kind of horrible, boring bullshit. Mm. I mean, I've got friends who are infinitely more talented than me. I just am able to do those forms. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but 
looking at those forums, I see these people around me that I'm like, my God, they are just like, they could be the biggest thing out of here, but they can't fill out this fucking forum because they do not know what these various percentages and formulae and things mean because that's not their skill set. And there's no service there to really help people through these forums to try and level the playing field. That's another thing I've been lobbying for for a long time. Create positions of people who are just there to help people apply for things. When you get at the job centre, there's people at the job centre to help you apply because it can be labyrinthine. We we do it in my work as well. What I do for a living is I work for a a charity which helps support social enterprises. If you don't know what a social enterprise is, it's basically a business with a a social mission. Scotland is one of the best places in the world to do social enterprise because it's got a really supportive government ecosystem. A lot of social enterprises in Scotland are grant funded and they need to go through these labyrinthine processes in order to do that, in order to get that funding. It just so happens that the company that I work for run a programme which is free business support for anything that a business needs if it's a social enterprise and sometimes that is people will come to us we want to apply for some grant funding or want to tender for some business we help them with doing that mm-hmm. and so that's not there yeah. though for musicians it's not it totally isn't you know and, um, and and so many of them look at it and actually the phrase they usually come out with is oh this isn't really meant for me and you're like no this is exactly meant for you the problem is the way that you get to it mm. the ladder's been pulled up yeah. Not on purpose, but just because of fucking bureaucracy, because that's what bureaucracy does. Yeah. It facelessly <laughs> fucks people out of stuff. Mm. And it, it's very frustrating. So I'm um, sorry to tie it back a wee bit to what Craig's asking. The music scene has changed in the sense that even in my time there, I've noticed that the demographics changing and it all going towards a certain place where people are squeezed out who don't have a financial safety net. Mm. I think. The money is obviously drained out of the system because we, we say it ourselves, you know, don't sell merch anymore. And then the ticket prices shoot up as a result. And that squeezes people out of the big shows as well. Or what more often seems to happen is that people will pay for Depeche Mode and then say no to all the local shows for the next three weeks because they'll be like, oh, I'm kind of skint because mm-hmm. I went to see Depeche Mode. And you're like, all right, cool. So you saw them... And now you can't afford to go and see 10 other bands for like a fiver on the door. Mm. because you, And I, I get it, you want to go and see these big bands, but you can see right there the repercussions that has for the next generation of talent. You know, it's like that fucking Kiss show. Fuck you, Kiss. £170 for a ticket. And then people are like obviously not able to go out the house for a fucking week at least. So therefore anything else they might have gone to see because they were a wee bit liquid. No, can't mm. go to that. And my God, the the music scene this year is really struggling, like really struggling. This will probably be the year, I mean, in a Glasgow, Scottish context, you'll probably see certain well-known places, if not go under, get sold, that kind of thing. And I think that's only going to get more serious because we are really feeling the crunch. Yeah. Before the pandemic, you would walk down Socky Hall Street in Glasgow and it was an embarrassment thir- of riches. It used to be 13 venues. Yeah, an embarrassment of riches, man. Yeah. I remember we were having the exact opposite conversation back yeah. then. It's like, how is a band supposed to do anything when there's just so much competition? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. and, and um, honestly, It's a fickle position to take, I suppose. And but. the thing is, they can't blame it all on COVID. Yes, COVID had certain knock-on effects, but it's not all because of yeah, that. The COVID, the economy is shambles. Like, yeah. And also, yeah. it's people. Mm. We're, we're selfish. If we can get shit for free, we'll take it for free. If it's going to take some effort, we won't do it. And if something means a sacrifice, 
we won't sacrifice because it's all about convenience. We are addicted to convenience. I don't, for a minute, project all of this onto some shady government elite that is ruining the music system. No, it's human nature. Mm. It's fucking us. We have the ability to make different decisions. It's not just the government. Yet, okay, they're not helping. They're incompetent, largely, rather than fucking malevolent. Mm. But it's us. We have to take responsibility for our own decisions, our own selfishness, our own laziness, our own fucking complacency. We do not invest in these things. There is a way to do it, and it's just not convenient. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, I will say, if you want me to highlight a positive, I think the spot, like this is my experience as a promoter, the Spotify generation listen to a fucking mad mix of stuff. You know, you and I, you listen to punk rock and emo and a bit of hip hop. I listen to alt rock and noise rock, a little bit of metal and a little bit of electronica, right? The the, f- the people that I work with, the bands I work with, I work alongside, they listen to fucking everything. Their playlists are, are like like going from like Dumu Borgir to fucking like Jay Dilla to Carly Rae Jepsen. I mean, their playlists are fucking batshit. As a result, there is an incredible amount of cross-pollination between musical styles. It could lead to a total monstrosity, or it could lead to some really interesting new music that really mixes up all these different cultures and yeah. all these different musical styles. So that part of it could be interesting. I think the technology, for all its negatives, has created a very interesting set of listening behaviours. Mm. My own experience is more around trying to book tours and make connections. I, I, I think that part of that is probably down to the fact that I'm older and it's probably harder for me to find acts that I think that my own act would fit with. But there seems to be a, a lot less willingness from promoters in this and other bands and other places to take a risk on, on smaller acts if they're not as they're not proven in some way, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's totally it's fair. It's because the margins are tighter. Yeah, right? I think that's totally fair because of the margins, you know? I, I did think that is true. Let's be honest, like, um, see if you look around Glasgow and this, I'm sure, tracks for listeners that are in any other city. Very few venues have an in-house promoter now. Yes. It's, they're they're mm-hmm. hired spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that are promoting in-house, but they're kind of controlled by a parent group. So you have venues that are owned by promotional groups and they're kind of steering their content based on that. But there's very, very few independent venues not owned by anybody else who you can just send your CD, you just send your demo to and they'll be like, oh, that's good. I'll give you a gig. Or that's not good. I'm not giving you a gig. Or if you're a touring band, you can say, we're passing through your town. Do you like our stuff? Yes, I will find two local bands to play with you and we'll try and make this gig popular. That is just such a fucking, like, hard thing to come by Mm -hmm. now. And I'm sure we're all experiencing the frustrations that result from trying to find those people Mm -hmm. because they're, like, fucking gold dust now. Yeah. There must be a different way of doing it, surely, right? Now, maybe maybe I just don't know what that is. It's, I mean, it's, it's having contacts in a city. It's maybe doing gig swaps if you can mm. find the bands, but that's demanding. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, the whole thing is tougher than it's ever been. Maybe, apart, I'm always willing to couch that and saying I am old. Yeah, uh, you are. And it's probably t- part of the reason is probably because I'm old and out of touch. It's, it's, it's so difficult, you know. If, if I was cooler, maybe it'd be easier. <laughs> oh, don't be so hard on yourself. Here, by the way, that actually isn't the last question because we did get a mischievous late entry from none other than Drunk Grant. Mm-hmm. 
quite late at night I noticed and it was it was mentioning Christmas uh, but it was you wake up on Christmas morning and your parents have bought your transmit ticket what is your response? Uh, how do you know what transmit is? <laughs> 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 You've not seen an advert for it. <laughs> so, uh, transmit for listeners outside of here as well is a very mainstream festival in the city that has what Sam Fender, Liam Gallagher. Who else is playing that shit? Well, we've got Jerry Cinnamon, yeah, because he's big here. I'm a hundred miles high, dashing out the thunder like a god inside the sky. She is a dancer. And she dances in my dreams Reminds me that the world is not as evil as it seems She is a belter Really inane mainstream festival Yeah, so, you know, people outside of this country will definitely will have heard of Tea in the Park, right? Will they? Well, Tea in the Park is a legendary festival, really It's not even Coachella, because even that's more interesting Yeah, um, but basically Tea in the Park stopped And the promotions company that runs it Has split Tea in the Park into two festivals Essentially is what one they've done. One for adults. One for adults, one for kids. That's essentially, <laughs> so that's basically what they've done. So this is the kids one, this right? This is the kids one. And this is the one where you go to and everybody's on everybody's shoulders and everybody's been sick and everybody's sunburned. Not that we get that much in Scotland, but we do get burned very easily. Would you still go to it? Would you go and see, have you got a free ticket? Because I mean, they're a fucking fair whack, those tickets. Mm-hmm. If you got one, would you go and attend? I think they do have, like, so they definitely have a day, which is, like, the older cunts, which, so you've got, like, Liam, no Gallagher or whatever. I mean, it's Pulp last yeah, year. I would have gone to see year. Pulp, uh-huh. yeah. Um, they had Jimmy Burrow playing last year as well. Aye, that would be you know? Um So they do have that on one day, which is probably the day I would maybe go so to. you shuffle along in your car to get would, your face tripping, yeah, you pretty much. looking disapprovingly mm. at all the Wayne's winching yeah, pretty in, much, in the aye. green. So I probably would go along for that if if somebody was vaguely interesting. If it was fucking Kasabian, I'd be absolutely, absolutely not. Oh, no way, yeah. absolutely no way. Yeah. But I'd, I, I'd probably take a putt. No Gallagher, to be honest. If it was free, I'd take I was a the one I was going to. Uh, it's I think it's Liam Gallagher, is it not? I'd, t- I'd definitely take a punt on him because he'd be much more entertaining in life. See, I was like, if I had t- if I was given a ticket for Liam Gallagher, would I go? I'm not sure that I would, man. I'm not sure that I would. I think I think it, I'd like to experience it. Really? Yeah. Including all the fucking like getting all the uh, blue wickets in your back, and well, you know, can we guys try to square you up when they're chewing their cheeks? And <laughs> you only live once, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not for very long. For very long. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that brings that to an end, and that was the Christmas leftovers. Got a good gun in there, um, and we never really mentioned it in much detail. But yeah, so we shifted the podcast over to a network called Believe, and it's to try and bring in some advertising to try and. Get the podcast to a sustainable level financially um, because we have subscribers. We said this in the the little episode that we put out. We really appreciate those subscribers, um, but the podcast is not far off full-time hours now um, between the research, the recording, the edits, the all the different things that go into the host and the artwork, the preparations, the interviews. We need to realistically generate more income because if we can't do other stuff with our lives, we need to be paying the bills. And it also takes a bite out of my, Mark and myself are musicians, and I genuinely have done a lot less music since mm-hmm. we stepped up the lengths of these episodes. So that's the reason that we did the advertising. That's been the big change. I hope it doesn't put anyone off. I hope you at least appreciate why we felt we had to do it, because we want to keep going with it. If you like the podcast without adverts, uh, then Mark... Patreon.com forward slash unsung pod is where you want to go. 
Yep, and you can also subscribe at either the base level, which is a mere four bucks, or you can go for the slightly higher one, whereby we give money to labels and bands and we send you sort of uh, curated music. So we're trying to make ends meet via a combination of subs and with this wee bit of advertising revenue. Feel free to get in touch with your thoughts on it. If you fucking hate it, tell us. We hope that's not the case, but we, we had to change something because it was... Oofed. It was getting it was getting tricky. Yeah, that's that's period in which we're doing it for the next few months to see if it actually works for us or not. Your feedback is going to be crucial for that. Yeah. Um so we are encouraging you to to definitely get in touch if you feel as though we could maybe change I mean we've just dropped this new format on you. Um Monk. And there's going to be, yeah, the feed will, there will be more stuff popping into your feed. Well, that's the irony is that like, you know? this is because we're overworked, but actually we're going to be doing more episodes, but they're going to be broken up a bit more. And the reason for having more regular episodes is because that will hopefully improve the revenue and we can then actually make ends meet. So yeah, so hopefully you get to listen to more stuff. We'll also kind of pull some stuff out the vault. We've never really done that before. But if we're putting out new stuff as well as, then we don't feel so bad about that because it's not really like shortchanging you. Thanks for sticking with it. Thanks for everyone that subscribes. Um, We hope you continue to do so. We hope some of you join us. And uh, yeah, please keep the feedback coming because it will help us get a picture of how this is going down. Mm -hmm. And that said, we can put these turkey bones in the bin Mm -hmm. and press on some new material next week. Bye. Catch you later.